Hi, I'm Charles Gauthier, President and CEO of the Downtown Vancouver Business Improvement Association. The DVBA is so proud to support this daily podcast series. Thanks, everyone, and stay safe. A quick news update before we get to our daily Coping with COVID video interview. Today, BC Minister of Municipal Affairs, Selena Robinson, announced a series of measures aimed at financially helping municipalities through the COVID-19 pandemic. These include greater flexibility to carry debt for an additional year, as well as allowing local governments to borrow interest-free from their capital reserves to help pay for operating expenses, including paying for employee salaries. The province also launched today the BC Business COVID-19 Support Service. It will make advisors available to businesses, either by phone, email, or live chat, there to answer any questions businesses or business owners may have about available resources, both at the provincial and federal levels, to help businesses through the COVID-19 outbreak. And finally, the Vancouver Aquarium at risk of bankruptcy. The revenue at the tourist attraction near zero. Meanwhile, while its costs exceeding $1 million per month. The aquarium is appealing to both provincial and federal governments for some assistance. Thanks for watching. Here's our Coping with COVID interview. You're watching Coping with COVID-19 for Thursday, April 16th. I'm Haley Wooden. My guest today, Dave Earl, President and CEO of the BC Trucking Association. Dave, hope you're doing well. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Uh, thanks for having me. A couple of things I want to get to in our conversation today, but first I thought by, we could start out by asking what's happening in the industry right now. What are you hearing from members who, of course, on many fronts are providing very essential services to us in BC and also Canadians across the country? Yeah, it, it's been a really remarkable time. Um, you know, it, like many industries, um, and of course, most sectors, trucking is very broad and very diverse. So uh, right from the get-go, we had members that were incredibly busy. Um, those members that are delivering consumer products, uh, products to supermarkets that you and I rely on for our day-to-day -day needs, uh, were absolutely, you know, full capacity all the way through the first half of March uh, and after that started, you know, kept going to try and basically catch up from the, uh, the consumption that occurred. Um, but in that back half of March, we started to see other economic activity uh, start to dwindle uh, and start to be affected. And of course, uh, given that uh, trucking really moves the goods that uh, companies rely on every day, uh, when those companies aren't operating, we don't have goods to move. So uh, as times passed, uh, we moved through a process where it was really uh, and all hands on deck, let's make sure we can figure out how to keep the industry running. Uh, we managed to get through that process. Uh, now we're into a place where we're trying to uh, get a real handle on uh, where we're at and uh, what the next month or two looks like as we, uh, we get ready to turn things back on. What would you say is the industry's biggest challenge at this point in time? Uh, number one challenge at this point in time is cash flow. Um, these are companies very often with fixed assets, fixed costs. Uh, you know, and right now it's a matter of finding that cash flow to be able to come in to continue to operate. Um, many members are, are doing uh, relatively well, I suppose, is the word we could use. And I, the first word relatively is the important one um, because they're able to continue to operate. Their customers are still shipping goods uh, and still having economic activity. 
other members are just having a devil of a time trying to find a way to get some cash flow in that front door. Um, they're finding circumstances where they'll deliver product and the uh, the company shuts down before the bill is paid, or um, the back end office staff aren't as productive and as uh, and as, as fluid as it has been. So there's delays in payments. So uh, that number one issue has been cash flow for sure. When it comes to say social distancing requirements and measures that have been put in, play, in place in provinces across the country, has that proven a challenge for truck drivers at certain points along their journey, perhaps not driving, but when it comes to delivering goods or clearing through inspection stations or things like that? It, it really has. Um, and what's been interesting with that is how it's evolved over time. Again, that first couple week period, um, we were all paying attention to social distancing on a, on a person by person basis. So business would continue, the interactions would happen, but they would maintain that appropriate social distance. Uh, as time evolved, uh, we've now got into a, a really uh, interesting time where there's some real good creativity uh, happening, where companies are bringing in new protocols, where uh, receipt of goods and completion of paperwork is being done virtually, uh, where the separation uh, at different terminals is maintained uh, completely by individuals working, uh, if not entirely alone, then separated by many, many meters. Um, but what that's led to, of course, is issues around accessing sites and accessing washrooms. Um, so what's happened, uh, we've had some uh, experience with uh, drivers who are reporting to sites to make a delivery and uh, security at the site will ask if they have been traveling outside of Canada in the previous 14 days. Uh, the driver, if they have, will advise, well, yes, I have. And uh, at that point, they'll be uh, banned or not allowed to enter the site. And the driver will say, well, you, you do understand the, the goods I have in my trailer also uh, came from the United States three days ago. I went to get them for you. Where would you like me to put them? Um, so those types of interactions have been a little difficult to manage. Uh, this week, we have put together a series of informational uh, documents for both drivers and shippers, receivers, as well as uh, companies to use uh, to talk about the protocols, to talk about strategies, tips, and techniques uh, to be able to use as we move forward in this environment where really this is going to be with us for a while. Um, so we're trying to give those, uh, those uh, directions and, and uh, degree of comfort to everybody uh, to understand what to expect, where the risks are, and how to mitigate those risks. Are drivers exempt from that federal announcement that anyone traveling into Canada from abroad, they need to have a plan in place to self-quarantine? Well, yes, there's a, there's a couple of exemptions that apply to commercial drivers. Um, number one, um, the requirement uh, for them to self-isolate upon return and self-quarantine now upon return does not apply to commercial drivers. Uh, having said that, uh, what we're seeing is a lot of drivers and companies are taking arrangements very similar to what you see in the healthcare environment, where individuals are self-isolating at home, where uh, different drivers, uh, we've actually heard of circumstances where they will go out and actually retain accommodation uh, as a group of two or four drivers. So when a couple of them are on the road, they've got some place to come back to. Uh, when they come back to Canada, that's away from their families, just uh, in an abundance of caution. So while they're not uh, you know, subject to that strict requirement, um, they certainly do have to self-monitor. They have to report in and make sure uh, that if they are symptomatic or they are exposed to someone who is positive for COVID, um, that they take those appropriate steps. So that's one step. Um, the recent requirements that were established to require that uh, individuals that are coming back 
um, not only have a plan, but they file that plan and have it approved. Um, we didn't uh, know that that was coming and it presented a really serious issue. Um, the, the, the rationale behind it makes a lot of sense in terms of tracking individuals. Uh, but when you have drivers that are literally uh, transiting the border three to four times a day, um, it didn't really make a lot of sense. Um, it's very different if you're uh, moving a load from Wisconsin to Dawson Creek, uh, you cross somewhere in the prairies and drive up and enter into British Columbia. Um, well, how do you file a plan? Who approves it? Who doesn't? Where do you go? It's not a, a static border crossing. So uh, we work very closely with CBSA and with the, both the Provincial Health Officer and the, the Public Health Agency of Canada. Uh, and confirm that yes, indeed, drivers are exempt from filing that plan and having that plan approved. Um, but what we've been saying to our members is the same principles apply uh, for your drivers. It's critical that if a driver is self-monitoring and they're on a long run from here to Winnipeg, if they become symptomatic in outside Regina, that's not the time to be thinking, gee whiz, what do I do now? You know, we need to have these plans in place. We need to have resources for drivers to be able to access and use. And our members are working diligently to put those in place. Has the process of crossing our Canada-US border changed very much? What is it like for members and their drivers who are having to cross that, as you said, sometimes three or four times a day? Uh, there's a lot less light vehicle traffic. <laughs> uh, and that's, I mean, that's something we hear from drivers uh, continuously is that uh, I'm sure it's a lot easier moving around the country because there's a lot less light vehicle traffic. Um, the delays really haven't been extensive. Um, it's certainly at the, uh, the borders, uh, both CBP going south and CBSA heading north. Uh, have been very good about uh, making sure that drivers are processed appropriately. Uh, they're being asked a lot more questions than they were before in terms of symptomology and their history. Uh, they're being observed a lot more closely to make sure that they're not exhibiting those symptoms. Um, but certainly uh, the, the flow of goods uh, continues. And uh, while it's a little bit of a bottleneck, it's, it's more than made up for by uh, the light of traffic on either side. I know Tim Hortons announced, I think, last week that they're going to reopen 400 or so restaurants across the country along major highways to support truck drivers who maybe need to use facilities there. They can access food and drink, what have you. Uh, maybe really think about what facilities may or may not be open, given that we've had so many restaurants close and they're only open, safe, or takeout or drive-through options. What are some of the facilities that drivers use regularly and have they remained open? Yeah, this has been a really um, unanticipated issue for us. I mean, we never contemplated what would happen if every dining room restaurant in Canada shut down. Um, and the impact on it was, was quite extraordinary, particularly a couple of weeks ago where drivers literally had nowhere to stop. Um, there were problems at rest, stop, at rest stops with uh, people uh, using them a lot more, uh, rating them for supplies. Um, so highway maintenance contractors were having a tough time keeping up with that. Um, and then just the availability. Um, these drivers can't swing a 53-foot trailer through a drive-through lane, um, and they can't walk up. Um, so we started working very quickly uh, with major chains and major restaurants, and we've also launched uh, an initiative, uh, Meals for Truckers, with uh, making links between uh, commercial card lock sites, um, food truck vendors, uh, you know, and, and getting those uh, entities hooked up so they can actually uh, get some business, serve the truckers that are there because the other uh, uh, 
uh, facilities just aren't as, as frequent or as open uh, as they used to be. And that uh, provides some business for local small business that's also struggling. So it's been, uh, it's been a really, really interesting uh, and, and successful initiative. Yeah, I've seen on social media some of the photos of uh, food service providers stepping up. I think I've seen Thank a Trucker Thursday on social media as well. What kind of support have you seen from the private sector on this? It, it's been staggering. Um, we actually will be going live with a website um, either well tomorrow or early next week um, that will be uh, searchable and, and be able to, as, to act as a clearinghouse to set up and make these links because we're finding we have food trucks that want to uh, be involved. We have commercial sites that want to be involved and we have corporate sponsorship. Um, the vast majority of uh, the, the uh, trucks that are operating, the food trucks that are operating now in British Columbia, we've got them, uh, Chilliwack, Kamloops, Kelowna, Prince George, and, and multiple sites in some of those locations. Um, they're being sponsored by the private sector uh, where companies are stepping forward and saying, you know what, we're going to buy the meals for everybody today. We're going to spend a few hundred dollars and, uh, and support those truckers. Uh, we actually had a private individual in Kelowna come forward and uh, in Kamloops come forward and donate $2,500 out of their own pocket uh, to say thank you and, uh, and provide those meals to, uh, to truck drivers. So it's been extraordinary. Uh, once we uh, get this website up and running in the, in the coming days, we'll be uh, pushing it out across the country uh, to make sure that it's a one-stop shop for drivers to know where they can go, where they can get in, where they can get out, uh, you know, what services are available and uh, where they can get a bite to eat and, uh, and relieve themselves and, uh, and perhaps take a shower. Do you think that this pandemic has provided an opportunity for people to really think about the role that truck drivers play in supporting our economy and maybe even thinking about, okay, if we see an event like all restaurants shutting down, how do we ensure that this very important piece of our economy and our supply chain has what it needs? Yeah, it's been a real uh, interesting process to go through. Um, when you think about that, with the, the industry has always been very invisible. Um, somehow, magically, when you and I go to a supermarket, everything we want is there. We go to a Home Depot, everything we want is there. Um, you know, and that supply chain has been incredibly effective, unbelievably resilient, and completely invisible. Um, in this crisis, uh, because of what we've been dealing with, there's been a lot more attention paid and a lot more understanding of the critical work uh, that these companies and these drivers in particular do. Um, you know, when you go into a supermarket and you look and there's two aisles that are completely empty, um, you know, it kind of dawns on you, well, wait a minute, this stuff doesn't just magically appear. There's a, a very complex and uh, highly sophisticated machine in the background to make sure it gets here. Um, it's been really great to see the support from the public, from the business community, uh, recognizing the work that drivers do. And uh, I can tell you absolutely, uh, they appreciate the recognition. Do you think at this point there's anything that might permanently change, be it processes, behaviors, attitudes, whatever it might be, uh, concerning trucking in this part of our industry? Or is it too early to tell exactly uh, what might stay and what might revert back to the way things were? Yeah, that's going to be an interesting question, I think, for all of us in every industry. Uh, certainly in ours, what I see uh, is the changes in the paperwork flow and verification flow. Uh, from shipper to receiver and how waybills are communicated, how goods are received, how uh, disputes are resolved, all of those types of things um, because of the, the, the need to reduce contact uh, and that creativity that's been brought into that space. I anticipate that uh, certainly sticking around, um, you know, and I'm also hopeful that uh, the recognition that uh, the industry is getting right now continues and uh, that we all understand how really important it is. 
Absolutely. Dave, thanks so much for coming on the show with your insight. Really appreciate it. Anytime. And thanks for having me. That's Dave Earl, president and CEO of the BC Trucking Association. Thanks so much for watching Coping with COVID-19. We'll be back with another video tomorrow.